podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Touchlines and Touchdowns Podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A realigned version of the Touchline Media Group because they don't really like that we do this part of the of the job. The 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 hand egg, as they derisively call it, uh the gridiron football, the um I don't know. Harbaugh's delight. Let's go with that. Uh that's right. We are back uh, from our, our long national nightmare. We are back to talking about uh, American football with a focus on college. Uh, I'm your host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. Uh, you, If you uh, have been with us for soccer purposes, um, Gaga Slonina is currently uh, starting in goal for Chelsea. That's that's your update from the soccer world. Uh, we will be back with more soccer stuff uh, midweek. Um we are joined here by uh, our friend, our correspondent, our uh, guy, uh, Nerd Angus. We are also joined by, of course, the one and only Josh Beninock. Um, and this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Age sites put in, bird dogs, uh, until they tell us to stop doing it, uh, and uh, whoever else. So uh, let's, let's get started uh, with the most important hand egg football, gridiron football thing. Um, and that is, Josh, how do you feel about the fact that currently, as we speak in a friendly, uh, Gaga Slamina is starting in goal for your beloved Chelsea? I'm extremely excited com- considering that we've had uh, Kepa in goal all of last season and seasons before. Um, I know that, you know, um, Gaga isn't going to, you know, just wal- waltz into the starting lineup immediately, but... Um, just from what I've seen from him um, at his time in Chicago Fire, um, and um, basically like just the the, the talent that um, that he's expected to be, uh, I'm really excited to see to see what he can do, uh, and whether he goes out on loan this uh, this season, which it seems uh, which seems likely, um, and you know get some time uh, get some more playing time under his belt. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do at a uh, uh, Chelsea Blue. For sure. I, uh, all I have to say about that is, um, like, I really thought we were out of Chelsea, like, as American fans. Like, I thought we were out, and we are right back in. You got in. sucked right back in. Right the fuck back in. And I don't, I don't know why we do this, um, but glad, glad we are here. Um, I do want to say uh, Todd Bowley at Chelsea did the most NCAA uh, management thing ever when he self-reported violations to UEFA for no reason. Uh, yeah. I guess I don't know if you're aware of this, but Todd Bowley, um, after they missed, uh, they missed out on a bowl. That's the analogy we're using. And then they self-reported a whole bunch of violations and said that we will, we will take our, our uh, Europe ban this year. Thank you. Ah, uh, that's, it's, uh, yeah. It's really 40, it's really sense. 40 chess. If you, if you ask me, <laughs> you know, like we're already out of Europe this year and it's like, why not report it now? 
instead of being caught later, you know? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a funny moment uh, for, for a lot of reasons, because again, it is the most college football thing to do. But B, it reminds me of one of my favorite stories of all time, which is the time that Ohio State decided not to take a bowl ban in a year they went six and six, and then were banned from the postseason when they went 12 and 0 in year one of Urban Meyer. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, I feel like we don't have that many, like, um, official podcast opinions, but I, fuck Ohio State is pretty close to one. <laughs> like, I, I, I think I feel, I feel good is it, about. Is there a consensus? I strongly dislike one? Ohio State. That is a good policy. I agree I, with this policy. I have no objections. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anybody, if there's anybody who would object to that. I, I mean, I, I know that certain people uh, on the Michigan State side are like ambivalent hmm. about Ohio State. Um, because, you know, enemy of my enemy, but also like there was enough good in Michigan state's recent history where we had to beat Ohio state in games that mattered that like, yeah, there's no love. There's no love. There. Um, so, okay. So, so this is the college football, uh, part. We'll, we'll talk pro football, um, a bit. I, I, I actually, you know, before we get into this, did either of you watch that Netflix documentary? Uh, I've heard about it. I haven't watched it now. Josh, I probably should. I I haven't had a chance to yet, but I want to. Yeah. Okay. So I have, um, I'm, I'm like, I I need to finish the bear. Uh, so like I, the only time I watch shows consistently is if my wife like signs off. Um, so we need to finish the bear. Then we're going to watch quarterback. Good Um, show. I enjoyed that show. Yeah. Uh, very much into, into it. Uh, I, I thought it was going to be funnier. Um, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. It, it has a couple of very, very funny lines. Um, no, but serious. largely not funny. We, we, we just, we just watched the Christmas episode. Um, oh, oh, that which, is, that is an episode. So funny. Is, um, although it, it did have a phenomenal moment, um, in that episode, uh, where, uh, I'm not spoiling John anything. John Mulaney's great, but I, I'm not spoiling yeah. anything. But, um, when he throws the fork the last time, Lost yeah. my shit. Lost my shit. Hilarious. So funny. Well done, show. Um. So anyway, so once we finish that, I'll I'll watch quarterback. Um. Apparently, it makes Connor, uh, Kirk Cousins, like come off well, which I'm always I'm always a fan of. Um. Eh. But. Eh. I, 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 I mean, I understand that like there are not that many Michigan State quarterbacks in history who have four wins against Michigan. But like you can't be that mad at Kirk Cousins. He is he is the definition of like some sort of mid. Like uh, no, you know he's a tryhard. I a, look, but he's a tryhard. That's a policy. I can't like him. Sure. I think I think people's people's qualms with Kirk Cousins is not his talent per se or lack thereof. Um, it's more uh, so. It's more so the fact that he gets paid like a top quarterback when he doesn't have top quarterback talent. I, and that's not his I, don't, I don't even that's know if he has like top two thirds talent. Like he is bottom the third. You, what, really? You're going to take you're like, this, this is where we get into ridiculousness where you start saying shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, would you take Desmond Ritter over Kirk Cousins? No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't take uh Brock Purdy over, over Cook Cousins. You wouldn't. Um, oh, Brock Purdy, you mean the guy who was in a semifinal? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> okay. A, A, are we are we using quarterback wins as a stat now? 
Is that what we're doing on this podcast that believes in analytics? We're doing quarterback wins as a stat. That's cool. And two, um, I, I, I guess it's like, this, this is the we're back episode. Um, Angus, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but uh, Brock Purdy had Tommy John surgery over the, over the off season. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's true. Yeah. And, and, be cooked. and he, he might be cooked, but the funniest yeah. thing that's come out of 49ers uh, like land is he might be cooked, but Trey Lance is terrible. <laughs> He is so yeah, bad. He's not good. Um, he is so bad. Uh, but uh, I guess we should we should full circle that. Um, the 49ers did buy Leeds with the help of Russ Westbrook. Um, so Russell Westbrook is now the owner of Leeds, um, which is a weird sentence Wait, to say. Is he really? Yeah. <laughs> Russell West. An interesting note about Russell Westbrook living in Southern California. Do you know that Russell Westbrook owns like 15 car dealerships. I'm not surprised by that. He's just like a phenomenal businessman. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, I, I like, I know people who like don't know him, but like, are like, like go to like the same like physical trainer or, or, uh, or doctor or something. I I don't really know, but like something medical, vaguely medical. Mm -hmm. And apparently he's like very uh, respectful. He's not friendly, but he's very respectful of other people's time. So like, he doesn't pull the, like, I'm Russ Westbrook, it's my turn. Like, he'll, like, sit there and wait, like, other people, which I, I have a ton of time for. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for people we love, who... We love respectful athletes. We love... We, yeah. we stand respectful we stand athletes. Respectful but athletes. we also stand disrespectful athletes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 I think that we... You know who we don't stand? We don't stand the type of athletes who will, like, make a big deal in private in their private lives but then like are very humble in their public lives i i russ westbrook is a paradigm of everything i love which is that he talks all of the shit in his public public. life and in his private life he's just like a very down (laughs) absolutely absolutely um which i'm i'm again huge fan of um patrick mahomes apparently very similar um apparently I, i my my brother interviewed him once uh longtime listeners are aware that that uh my brother is a journalist uh he interviewed him once for a story, very nice guy. Played Call of Duty. He was he was just like a generally decent dude. Can't hold his brother against him. He doesn't come off as a as a shit talker on the field though. I think I think it, uh, I've I've again I haven't watched the the show. Yeah. My understanding is is that like it's when he does those like like when he does those uh like like those sort of off script uh, stuff that make him the best quarterback in football. Yeah. He'll he'll let D lineman know about it. <laughs> of course. Um, and like I'm, I'm not sure if it's like the Andrew Luck thing, which was the funniest shit talk ever. Um, <laughs> which, like, for listeners, if you don't know, Andrew Luck had this habit of any time he got hit by a defensive lineman, he would immediately pop up and be like, "That was a great hit, dude! Like that was yeah. awesome!" And they would just be like, the "Fuck." Similar to I, I don't know if you've if you if you've ever heard. Um, KG uh Kevin Garnett on one of the yeah about yeah. Tim Duncan. This is exactly, <laughs> exactly what I was reminded of. Yeah. Just like it's like like almost and you're like, what do I do with that? That's not normal. It's for 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 uh your opponent who like you know wants you to get out of your zone yeah. and like wants you to talk shit, that is very demoralizing. Especially when you're playing really well too. Yeah, it's like I have done nothing here. I've done <laughs> Thank you, Tim Duncan. Um, yeah. I, I actually, you know, while we're on the subject of Tim Duncan and shit talking, do you think, do you think that there is value? Do you think that there is value in Dallas or Houston 
getting someone who speaks French as their first language just for shit talking purposes against Weapon Yama. Because like, I, I, you know, Summer League is Summer League, but I don't get the sense that this kid is like overwhelmingly hard, right? And yeah. I, th- I, th- I think that like getting at him in French is probably much more difficult, like much more personal yeah. um, because he can just sort of tune out English. So I, I, I wonder if there if there's value in that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll think that through. Um, <laughs> that basketball question on this football podcast. But um, I guess that is talking about the state of Texas, which is the nominal home of the Big 12. And there we are. Is that, Jason, can I get a, a grade on that transition? Like a solid B. The B, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it wasn't seamless, but at the very least, you made the connection. So good job. Yeah, I'll, I run it. I'll yeah. give it a B plus. B I'll plus. take that. I'll yeah. take that. Uh, that is a, a 3.2. Uh, and you know what? A 3.2 gets you into grad school. I'm good with it. Um, so uh, obviously, dear listener, you know that Colorado is back in the Big 12 um, because it makes sense. But before we get to sort of like the implications of that and who's coming with them, because it, you don't you don't add one team like this isn't this isn't a situation like back in like the early 90s where you do add one team Penn State to the Big Big Ten. And and again, we can talk about that. That it wasn't intended to be one team, guys. Everybody thought the other team was coming. They didn't. It, it's a huge issue between us and them. Uh, those of us who are who are uh, Big Ten football fans and Notre Dame haters, we hold on to this shit. Um, and oh, by the way, Notre Dame, enjoy the ACC. Enjoy it. Have fun. Have fun. Broke bitches. Um, but like you, you don't join. You you don't you don't add one team. You add two or four. It's an arm so, race. Yeah. So like I what I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Utah would be willing to share a conference with BYU. That to me is the central question of realignment. Is like, is Utah willing to do it? Um, and like I don't know enough about Utah state politics, but there that feels alarmingly Texas AM UT <laughs> to me, like like just like pissing matches all the way down. Yeah. Um but as a as a as a Big Twelve football fan, um, nominally again, I we're not SEC here. We don't pretend that we like a conference. Like I I, I wish nothing but the worst on all of my conference mates, except for my team. Um, <laughs> like 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 it, it's a weird thing that the SEC does. And now that you're in SEC country, Josh, officially, um, like you can you can sort of speak to this. But like, am I supposed to give a fuck if Iowa is good? Like, does that help me in any way? <laughs> You know, like, like, do you, do you, Josh, feel better when Iowa State is kicking ass? No. 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 It, it actually irritates me because I'm like, why? Like, why, why are you doing that? Why, yeah. why are, but like, so I, I, how, how do you feel about Colorado coming back given that they haven't been good uh, in really most of our lifetimes? I, if it, if, honestly, if it was just Colorado and not Prime, with Colorado, that's fair. It would be it would be different. I would feel differently, but because it is. Prime, oh, I forgot about that. I like Colorado. It, I blocked it from my memory that Prime is at Colorado. Oh yeah, I, that that gets me very excited. Very excited. I I think that the the that's very funny for a lot of reasons. <laughs> but like, I wonder if there's an element of Colorado being so willing to jump because of Dion. And like, so. because like, look, like 
pragmatically, it makes sense. Somebody was going to be the domino that tipped one way or the other. And Colorado didn't want to be the team in the Pac-12 that didn't get an invite to the Big 12, right? Like for a lot of reasons, like the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah are the ones that don't fit with the other, what used to be other eight, now are other six, right? The Oregons, the Washingtons, the Northern Californias, the Southern Californias, like geographically, but also like theoretically, like Mm -hmm. Colorado has a lot more in common with Stanford than it does with Baylor, but like geographic, you know, geography is a thing, but like, does Arizona have anything in common with Washington state other than alcoholism? <laughs> and, and granted point. lots of alcoholism. I have spent time <laughs> on both of those campuses, like lots of alcoholism, but like does the university of Washington and Arizona state, like what do those two schools talk about? What does Arizona state talk to Cal about? Like that's, that's to me the question. And like, we do the same thing in big, big Ten, right? Because mm-hmm you know, Nebraska and Northwestern hang out. But we send them to Ireland. We don't do that shit here. We send them to Ireland and have them play over there. Because, like, we're not conceptually willing to deal with it. Oh, we should talk about Northwestern, too. That wasn't on my agenda, but but let's let's yeah. throw that on the agenda as well. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. How did we all forget about that? Yeah. I think because, like, it's. I think it's one of those things where, um, and I guess we're going to talk about it now, but, like, the 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 reality of Northwestern's existence is so minimal to me. Like I care about Northwestern when I play them. Um, and when they do something stupid and this wasn't stupid, this was like, and Josh, like mm. you've been in a locker room. You can like, you can opine on exactly how, how common shit like this is. I was in high school locker rooms, 18 to 22 year old dudes are weird. Like yeah. they are. It's, I, 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 again, we'll talk about like the specifics of it, but like, that's why you have adults usually. Um, but like with Northwestern, it's like, I think about Northwestern infrequently. And when I do think about them, it's like, oh, <laughs> they put a scare into Ohio State or, um, or, oh, I'm watching uh, the first game of Michigan State season. For some reason, it's at Northwestern. Who is this running back? Why is he running 75 yards on the first play? Ah, Kenneth Walker the third. Very good. Except uh, once every like, six to seven years when they're quote unquote good. Well, Northwestern used to be good every even year. Like we used to do a thing where they were just good in even years. And I, I, how about this for a hot take? How about this for a hot take? Because they went one in 11 in an even year. That's when they lost their shit because everybody was willing to put up with Fitzgerald's bullshit as long as they won seven or eight games uh, in even years. And they didn't. Like they, they, they had a bad year and suddenly, suddenly people come out of the woodwork. Um, but yeah. Here's a take. Uh, Here's a take. Pat Fitzgerald was bad for Northwestern. Show your work. I'm not and sure I disagree. You know why? Because Northwestern used to do weird stuff. They were the school where they did like smart, weird stuff. They did have. They were one of the first ones in the big 10 who did, who had the spread offense and no one really knew how to deal with it until they started no dealing one. with it. Not no one. Michigan didn't know how to deal with it. (laughs) Very famously, in one of my favorite games that I've ever watched. I was nine years old. It was phenomenal. Uh, Dear listener, YouTube 2000 Northwestern versus Michigan. 54 to 51. I remember that one. Hilarious game. Michigan could not figure out the idea that they are allowed to throw the ball to a running back. So funny. All right. Northwestern is in a position to do weird stuff. And then Fitzgerald stopped doing that. And he was like, we're going to be competent. But to be competent, you have to be able to recruit good players. Northwestern, like, 
can do that kind of, but you know. I think I think the coolest thing that they consistently did was the super back, right? Like that, like sort of half fullback, half tight end, and they just recruited yeah. the shit out of short tight ends. Yeah. And like, like they just like went out there and found the best five ten tight end in the country every single year, and like. But refused to call him a fullback. Refused to call him a fullback. <laughs> like you're a superback. Okay, what does that mean? Well, you're in the backfield a lot. You'll catch passes out of the backfield, but you'll also run block. So fullback. Excellent. Very good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're all smart. You've you've done a very smart consulting thing, which is you've just created Repacked a position. For, yeah. yeah. Like we, we've we've rebranded. We are not a fullback. We are a superback. Does a lot of fullbacky things, but. Super definitely back. not a fullback definitely not a fullback um that's actually like as as we talk about it it pisses me off to hell that like more schools don't recruit like five ten tight ends and just say like hey sorry um you're a fullback now because it's the same position you're just not going to be on the line anymore you're going to be in the backfield we're going to pretend that that you're a tight end and we're not going to have any fullbacks but you're a fullback we're just gonna we're sorry you're a y fullback and we'll just we'll motion you into the backfield every single time you're on the field. This seems like a thing that Harbaugh would do, but for some reason doesn't. Because he just has fullbacks. No, not anymore. No, that's a. I I, I maintain that that's a a uh, remnant of Gaddis refusing to to um, yeah, recruit probably. them. And and like I think if Sharon Moore did stick around for another year or so, they would they would have fullbacks. Um, but I don't, I mean, to be fair, I don't think Sharon Moore is going to stick around another year. I think that that dude is going to get hired as a head coach at a good school, whether it's Northwestern or not, I'm not sure, but like that dude is not going to be Northwestern. I mean, they, they would be lucky to have him. Like they would, they would would be lucky to have Sharon Moore, but like, there's also like other things like him being suspended for the first game of the year for, uh, you know, recruiting bullshit. But again, we'll get there. Um, but like, I mean, he would be a he would be a great hire for Northwestern. Like, you think about who Northwestern can get, right? Like, outside of Mike Kafka, who's the offensive coordinator of the Giants, Jets. Giants. I think he's on the list. Yeah, but like, he's not like. Why would you go from offensive coordinator in the NFL to Northwestern? Like, why would you uh, do a that? A strong desire to live in Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> and, and and to that I say, why would you leave the NFL to go live in, like, the third most impressive suburb of Chicago? Because um, uh, it's easier to get to downtown Chicago from Evanston than it is to get to New York City from Westchester County. Uh, my friend, he, he lives, he absolutely lives in Bergen County. If, you, if you're working in East Rutherford. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, let, let's be, let's yeah. be serious with our geography here. They, they live yeah, in Yeah, 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 I messed that up. I understand. <laughs> uh, this is not a New Jersey geography, uh, podcast. It is a college football podcast for the moment. Um, so Big 12, uh, who, who are the other, now that the Big 12 is like, completely geographically irrelevant because you have teams <laughs> as far west as Boulder and as far east as is Orlando the furthest UCF. east yeah is yeah UCF, so yeah. so and they like I saw I actually saw a uh, a report that they would consider Yukon which I would love 
I think it's so. I funny. saw that too. <laughs> I think that'd you be know so what? funny. Why not bring him I, in? Bring him in. Civil bring conflict in. forever. Civil <laughs> conflict forever. Make UCF play UConn every year. It's into it, and UConn's not even embarrassing anymore. They're they're actually getting a little better, or at least from from what we saw last season. But I think that they're normal bad, right? <laughs> like like not not UConn bad. Like they're just like normal bad. Yeah. Um, which is which is like good. That's fine. Um, so I think I think of the teams that you could bring in. I mean, uh, the obvious answer is Utah and the Arizonas, and just like yeah. completely get rid of the Pac-12. I think the from what the commissioner said, the they want the total to be fourteen, and I think right now it's what twelve. Uh, after Texas and Oklahoma leave. Oklahoma left. Okay. Then, yeah. Um, so they're probably going to add like two more. Um, I don't know. No, no, it's, it's 12 right now. Colorado's 13. So they would just add one. One So it's it's, got to be Utah. Yeah. Right. Like you're not going to, you're going to take U of A and not ASU. I think Utah would be a great addition to the big 12. I would really, really want to see that. I think that Utah going to the Big 12 would be it would be it would set up what I believe to be the the most logical uh conference trade of all time which is <laughs> you can have Nebraska back and we will take Utah because Utah yeah. is the most spiritually Big 10 team outside of the Big 10. I get that. Yeah. You don't think you you don't think Utah's going to wait for their Big 10 invite? I I mean if you're Utah I I think Utah's thing is is that like if you talk about like culture right like and what you fit in with Utah makes a lot more sense with the conference that has BYU and Colorado and uh West Texas than it does with the the conference that has um Rutgers and Maryland and Michigan like I I don't know that Utah wants to deal with Maryland like like and I and I'm talking about that from like a from like a logistics and not not only logistics because getting in and out of DC is not that hard, but like from a what do we have in common here, right? USC and UCLA have a ton in common with the Big Ten, right? Not with like like and we can joke about them having nothing in common with like Nebraska or Iowa, but they have a ton in common with Wisconsin and Michigan and Michigan State and Illinois and like. It, it makes sense. It's not that far removed from normal. Utah's not US or UCLA. Like Washington makes a ton of sense in the Big Ten. Washington State yeah. doesn't. Is like that's like the best way to put it. Um, yeah. And I I wonder if if Utah does go to the Big Twelve, how quickly do Oregon and Washington start begging, like publicly begging? I think it'll be it'll definitely be be pretty quick, especially because like. In, in, in my opinion, I, I don't know what the reports are around, around this is. In my opinion, as far as like Big Ten, um, uh, what, what do you call it? Like teams that they're looking to add, Utah probably falls below the list of like Washington, the other four teams. Oregon, yeah, uh, Washington, yeah. Oregon, Stanford, Cal. Like I yeah. think that I think that the, the the Big Ten presidents would wet themselves to get Stanford and Cal. The athletic directors would be like, please no. <laughs> I don't want to, but like for AAU reasons and for like uh the like the cancer consortium and like like how Johns Hopkins is technically a Big Ten school because bullshit. Um, like I think that they would love Stanford and Cal, but like I say this as a as a as a fan, I see no no, no benefit 
to making my team go to fucking Northern California in November. Like, it's like, ah, good. Rain for a game that if we lose, it looks bad. Cool. Thanks. And it's like, it's not like going to Austin or to Seattle, right? Because if you go to Washington or Oregon and lose, it's like, yeah, yeah. That, that happens to good teams. Fine. If you go to fucking Cal and lose, you're like, ah. Yeah. Oh, it's not a good look. Not good. Yeah. Uh, interesting note. Uh, in the first season that Mark D'Antonio sort of like got Michigan State going, they opened with a <laughs> loss to Cal. And I remember thinking like D'Antonio sucks. But it turns out that that Cal team happened to have a certain wide receiver and a certain running back. That, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you don't feel bad about, right? Like it's like it's like when Michigan State lost to Central, and you're like, "Fuck, that was embarrassing." And you look back, it's like, "Ah, Antonio Brown. Brown, yeah, right, yeah." There was a wide receiver we couldn't guard. Great, <laughs> nobody um, could guard him that year. Nobody can guard him any year. His <laughs> issue is not his play on the field. Yeah, uh, we hope that you're you've gotten the help you need, Antonio. Like I don't know what he's up to. I know that like recently there was a tweet about him saying like someone was good or sucked or something, but like, Mm. I hope he's doing well. Um, And, and you know what, a good way that you could be doing well is if you are dressed properly, you know, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. Uh, That is the Oregon motto. Uh, And that will lead us into where we are after the break. But um, when you look good, you feel good. And a good way to look good is. You know, when Ace and I like to hang out, uh, we have a lot of things in common. And we like to go back and forth. But one of the biggest things we have in common is that neither of us likes to wear pants. Isn't that right, Asa? It's it's true. I um I you know I say I don't like to wear pants, but I end up wearing pants a lot. Um, just because in my day to day life, I I really don't have a lot of pairs of shorts that look good on me. Well, you know what you could find to help you look good in shorts. So that's the thing is that. I recently found a brand of shorts that does not make me look like a boxy fat person because bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the leg and thigh and giving me a truly sculpted look, which is what people say about me having given that I haven't been to the gym since 1988. Do uh, So these bird dogs, they sound very interesting. Is there anything you could compare them to? I, a consumer have a vast knowledge of other stretch khaki shorts, and I'm just looking for a comparison so that I can think of them together in my brain. So I I certainly could mention another brand, um, you know, I I don't know. Um, I'm not going to because I don't want to get sued, but if I were to compare it to something, I would compare it to a certain brand that um, has become very popular. They're very comfortable. Um, There's a lot of women's leggings uh, in in their stuff. Um, I also actually happen to have a jacket from them. This isn't a Lululemon advertisement. Uh, I mean, a random company that I didn't just mention advertisement. It's a bird dogs advertisement, which is why I'm not going to mention that other company. But if I were going to mention that other company, it would be fairly similar to bird dogs. Okay, so we're not going to mention other companies. That's fair. I don't think we should do that. I think that's that's good uh, legal precedent there. But would you... Would you compare them to any other certain types of fabric, should we say? So I hate cotton um, for both uh, pragmatic and historical reasons. But Yeah, get fucked Eli Whitney. Yeah, specifically. Down with the cotton gin. <clears throat> and bird dogs 
fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. I mean, who even wears cotton? Like, really? People in North Carolina. Which we're not a huge fan of either. So should we... So, that seems very interesting. I'm intrigued. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. Is there any sort of technological advances that these dogs of birds may have, you know, developed to help us overcome our cotton restrictive ways? Right. So the geniuses over at Bird Dogs, they looked at clouds. And the thing about clouds is that they're fluffy and they're made of water and they produce acid rain sometimes. But they looked at these clouds and they said, what if we fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki and everybody loves khaki, but stretches so you get a waist slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement? That sounds delightful. But how does those deal with smell? You know, there's always some smells wafting up. I'm not a big fan of that. Is there any way that these bird dogs have fixed that? You hadn't considered the smell. (laughs) Smell. I hadn't considered the smell. In the the land of stinky shorts, the man with half a nose is king. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long without having to do what we normally do, which is, you know, put half a bottle of baby powder uh, down your shorts, uh, which is actually a thing people do. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Okay. I am, you sold me. I'd like to subscribe to your newsletter. I'd like to, you know, subscribe, like, and share your podcast. Now, how would I go about finding these magical cloud knit bird dog shorts? You would go to bird dog, right. You'd go to birddogs.com slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free something style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool for a free blank style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Free redacted style tumbler. Uh, I, I understand that, um, you know, bird dogs pays us, and therefore we we uh, say that they look good. I can uh, honestly say that they look great. Keep paying us, bird dogs, please. Um, so this is the time of year where um, jerseys get released. First things first. Uh, Philadelphia killed it, killed it. Those are those are great. Killed it. Well done. Yeah. Um, those, those classic look jerseys, like those classic jerseys with like the modern look. Yeah, man, it's so good. It does it does something to me, man. I. I love those. It's 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 always good. Um, yeah. I, I was it Tennessee or Houston who who have the Oilers throwbacks now. It should be Tennessee. Yeah. So like yeah. those were dope. I love mm-hmm. those. And it's like yeah. And and I think what it is for all of us because it's like those Kelly Green uh, Eagles jerseys. Like for me, it's like ah Randall Cunningham, excellent. Yep. Cool. <laughs> and it's like you can like associate something cool because they don't do throwbacks to teams that suck. Um. But like, like, can you imagine if like there was like a throwback for like, like they can't do it for a lot of the reasons. Jaguars. But like the Jaguars throwback for Mark Brunel, great, cool. But like, I would love it if Atlanta actually like went back to the mm. the Vic jersey. Like that was a dope jersey. It was very simple. Like the black like was awesome, and yeah. and they don't do it for various reasons yeah. um but he's rehabilitated i feel like i feel like we're we're good with michael Vick now yeah um I, I think that like like we we we're, we're good with that but speaking of black jerseys that look awesome uh michigan state has released uh they have new jerseys mm-hmm. um 
And, and they made like very clear, not alternate, not alternate jerseys, black jerseys. And so I bring this up for two reasons. One, I think that um, the more that Michigan State embraces that it is not a blue blood that has a, an iconic look, the better. Like, it's like Baylor doesn't have any qualms about wearing weird shit. Like, that's okay. It's cool. Um, the kids love it. Stylish, frenzy. Like, like, and, and like, look, like there are certain schools that like, yeah, you don't want to do alternates, right? Like, I don't, I don't need Penn State to really do an alternate. I don't need Alabama to really do an alternate. Um, you know, o- Oklahoma, not really. Texas has that really cool black one. So like, they, they but already do it. Those are just like their practice jerseys. They never, I don't think they've ever worn that. They game. never actually worn those in a game. No, they haven't. What a missed opportunity. For it's crazy. Cause they, idiots. they're probably like the best jerseys. They're so like they're the coolest. They're you know amazing. what I'm thinking? Uh, their basketball team had a black and white jersey. Yes, that was dope. Yeah. Um, and and so like I think like for Michigan State, like Michigan State is not a where you have one color scheme and that's it. It's like nah, man, get weird. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and like it's also like looks cool, right? Like yeah. So uh, they're gonna need the money this year, you know. Uh, Michigan yeah. State, Michigan State is not, is you, you can't play Michigan State's broke. Michigan State has too much money. That's the issue. And they don't know how to spend it properly. It's not that we don't have enough money. It's that we don't know where to put our money. Um, Bud Elliott actually had a very funny tweet the other day. He was like, there are 18 teams that can win a national title. Um, and like anybody, and none of them are in the, the big 12, I think is what he said. Then why, why is it that the big 12 seems so much more stable than the ACC that has three that can conceivably win a title. And like, you got into the whole thing. And then like, people got like very like tuned into like what 18 teams can win a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you can go through it. It makes sense. But like, he talked about like someone asked him like, where's Michigan state? Like, I don't think that they're a team that can win a national title, but like how far away are they? He was like, they're weird because they have enough money to be a contender, but they don't know how to use it, which is <laughs> maybe the most Michigan state thing of all time. I appreciate that. Not broke stupid um which you know whatever but um in light of that i think that like michigan state going going with like the the blackout jerseys um which are cool and are like apparently like there there's like (laughs) certain elements like nike's introducing and like like they they have the only version of this helmet which is like apparently something 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 whatever um but the reason i bring it up beyond anything else is that I really like that Michigan state is embracing um, we're like being the cool team. Like it's like, we have a cool coach. We have cool jerseys. We play super boring, but cool. Be cool. Come to Michigan state. Um, because you know, on field performance is, what is this, is this the start of, is this the start of Michigan state's evolution into becoming like a full on spread attack offense not willing (laughs) see like but that's the thing i've always been of the opinion that there there's only two ways that michigan state can be successful one is that they tried that with john l smith and yep and it Hmm. was not it was not successful uh in the uh wins perspective but it was successful in the interesting perspective can't coach defense can't coach defense do you know who y'all need though y'all need y'all need Rich Rodriguez, the father of the yes, the father yes. of the pistol offense, as well as the three three five stack defense, bring that to the Big Ten. 
Let's see. Let's see a little bit of that. Didn't we try this? Did uh um did Michigan try it with Rich Rodriguez? With Rich Rod? Oh yes, that's right. With um Rich Bernard, yeah. Yeah. Um, That's uh, why it's funny you're bringing this up. Yeah. Hilarious. 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 Maybe um, yeah. you just didn't have the right quarterback. That's true. For Rich had, Rodriguez, had, Rich Rodriguez had Denard Robinson. And then Devin Gardner, I think. Devin, uh-huh. Yep. Well, kinda, sorta. He yeah. was Brady there at the end. Yeah. Brady, yeah. Brady Hoke had Hoke. Devin Gardner and then uh, <clears throat> Mark D'Antonio took him away. Yeah. I forgot Rich Rod good yeah, that was sad. man. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think that like Michigan state, like the only way that Michigan state has ever been successful on the field is through grind muck ball. Like even like going back, like, like the only way that we've ever been successful is, is like a a manifestation of that quote. Like I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. And like, that's like the only way that Michigan state can really be successful. Um, but Mel Tucker trying to not do that is, is super interesting. I hope that he's successful. Yeah, because um, in my head, I'm like, well, if you've tr- you're, you're trying to beat like the you know, Michigans and Wisconsin's in their own game, when you should more so, you know, bring them into your own environment and switch it up, make them uncomfortable. So the, I, the- I I think I think that Michigan State should switch entirely to the triple option offense. Somebody should. <laughs> Somebody I, we need to bring I, that it back. was successful. Mark D'Antonio did it on a dime against Ohio State he and did. he won. That was awesome. <laughs> and I think the lesson there is that they should do it all the time. They should act I, like a service academy. I think that um and and you know what? I'm into that for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is because we respect the troops on this podcast. Um we respect the troops. Uh we are we are pro troops. Um we are pro troops. Pro troops. Um, <laughs> the way that went, it was just like <laughs> pro troops, but a seamless transition, a plus, not always <laughs> pro cop, which brings us to Jim Harbaugh and, uh, the interaction one has with the cops. <laughs> um, Angus, you, 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 See, you, you get your, he didn't lie at the time. He just didn't remember, you know? Uh, yeah, that, 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 that works. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is more of an indictment of the NCAA being the NCAA because they have no power and they have targeted the school who is not really going to fight them on this. It's whatever. Can, uh, can, can we talk about how funny it is that Joe Manchin wants to give the NCAA like subpoena power? Yeah, like, yeah, of that all is. People, of, of all people, of all people, people to do that, it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yes. Mr. Delegate responsibilities <clears throat> would like to delegate responsibilities. I think that's so funny. Yeah, it's but funny. not a pol- not a politics podcast. Um, not a politics podcast. No, uh, no. I mean, it's happening at a good time, to be honest, because there's are multiple coaches on staff who could jump to become head coaches within the next couple years, as we've already discussed. So. And also, in true NCAA fashion, they are doing this for four games where there are four games where Michigan is more or less like the presumptive winner. So, I don't know. I mean, I think just like rotate between like Shrum more, but obviously not the first game. Mike Hart and name a coach on staff and, you know, give them a spotlight for a game and 
boost their credentials a little bit and see what happens. You know, well, look, the, the reality is, is that you got to go out, got to go out and win these games. There are no easy games. Um, there are some easy games like Michigan's uh-huh. non-conference schedule every single fucking year. Um, this is the last year. This is the last year. Uh-huh. It actually is the last who, year. Who does Michigan play next year? Uh, I have to look it up, but I if I remember correctly. This is, so it's this year is 2023. So 2024 Michigan football is, schedule. We are, we are Googling on air as is tradition. We, we sure are. That is how we do things. It is. Uh, so Fresno State, which, okay. Then we have Texas. Okay. Arkansas State. Okay, uh, you know what's funny? It's a big time. You know what's really funny about that? Texas what? is not the game to be worried about in that three. No, Arkansas no. State is terrifying. Yep. <laughs> like that—that yep. that is not a game. Like you know how, like for a long time, the rule was don't schedule Appalachian State. Yeah. Don't just don't just don't schedule Appalachian State. Don't schedule um, George Southern because of the triple, but like also because like you might get embarrassed. Yeah. Arkansas mm-hmm. State is a. Don't do it because you might get embarrassed. Um, Texas. Oh, you're going to be your, oh, fully weaponized Arch Manning. That'll be fun. Yeah. Well, we'll see if he's actually fully weaponized or if he's gotten coached poorly. So we'll see about that. Steve Sarkeesian's issue is, is not coaching quarterbacks. His issue is alcohol. But like, if he's actually coaching, I'm sorry. Alcoholism is a disease. We we wish you (laughs) nothing but the best, Steve. Um, but like seriously, like he's he's very good at coaching quarterbacks. The issue is is whether anybody else on that team can play uh, football. Is, yeah. is Arch is Arch Manning like the the like nailed on starter yet, or is it still Quinn Ewers? It'll be it'll be Ewers this year. I imagine they'll do what our listeners can. I can only refer to our listeners as the Henson Brady, where they alienate mm. the older dude who's probably better for right now in order to yeah. keep the younger dude from signing with the Yankees. That's where the analogy breaks down. But yeah. um. But keep like to keep the younger dude in the fold because like Arch Manning, um, like people forget this about the Manning family, but they're all prima donnas. Every single one of them is a prima donna. Um, Eli, like people like forget because like oh he was funny on SNL. It's like his, Eli Manning his draft crap. Yeah, like the yeah. draft crap with Eli Manning with Peyton. It was um, like the stories you hear out of out of Indianapolis, like the way he treated people, like mm. the idiot kicker thing, like and like. They they have really good PR. The Manning family has really really good PR. Um, and look, you too, dear listener, should should try to get good PR. PR is, is is an important thing. If you need a management consultant, you know, like you should get one. But like, also, Arch Manning is going to be a pain in the ass. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, Which at a school like Texas is a great thing. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good. That'll go well. People will respond uh, positive. Well, you know what? They might because he's white. Like, let's be honest about, like, the, the manner in which Texas is willing to deal with shit. And, like, <laughs> all, I'll say, all I'll say is that if if uh, Arch Manning behaved the exact same way and he wasn't Arch Manning, he was Vince Young, they wouldn't, they wouldn't probably love him so much. Because, like, they should love Vince Young and they don't. And I would, I would, I would hazard a guess why. Just look into it. Just <laughs> consider um, consider why they like Colt McCoy more than they like Vince Young. It's a little, little, little bit of a question, yeah. isn't it? Little mm, bit of a question. Definitely. Womp womp. 
Because Kobukoi didn't win a national championship. Sure didn't. No. Sure did not. Makes uh, you wonder. Makes you wonder. Yeah. Although, to to be fair to Colt McCoy, like, hold on. I I am going to, like, be fair to Colt McCoy for a second. Um, He got hurt on the first drive of a national championship game. Um, That was tough. That was tough. And also, but also, on the flip side, he shouldn't have been in there in the first place because Nebraska beat them in the big, big... Twelve championship game, but the Big Twelve did some bullshit to save, save Texas because that's what the Big Twelve do, did and does. Probably not does. They're probably less interested in protecting Texas these days. Um, <laughs> but like, Indomitian Sue should have won the Heisman that year. Whatever. Mark Ingram did not deserve it. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, like, I think that that I don't even remember how we got. Oh right, Michigan versus Michigan schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, like my, my my thing with like the the Harbaugh punishment and like you know I know Angus you've mentioned in in group chats like the comparison to Tennessee who did like get like a little bit of a of a of a slap but they don't have the coach who did it so like I, wait hang on they they got a slap because they got a slap. the the Tennessee state government threatens i don't know exactly what they threatened they threatened the ncaa and they're like don't do this and the ncaa backed off so tennessee got coverage from their state government that's so what your happened ish- so your issue is not with the ncaa no. it's with it's with Gretchen no it, it, i know well, on, on this podcast on this podcast this you is are not MT a politics Gretchen, podcast no, my... Whitmer and dana nessel while we're there <laughs> funny <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, the NCAA is feckless and they're a dying organization. They have no idea how to deal with NIL and guess what? They're irrelevant and they're making, they're just making a statement with Michigan because they also know that Michigan is a little bit feckless and they're not going to fight it. Also true. I do, I do want to bring this up just like, again, like we talked like a little bit earlier about like podcast, um, podcast, like stances. Why does anything need to be governed with NIL? Like, what is the problem that we are seeking to fix? Is it is it really like like I don't want to say the quiet part loud here, but is the problem that black people are getting paid? <laughs> like, is that the problem that we need to fix here? It feels like that's the problem. <laughs> like, I, 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 what else is the issue? <laughs> Maybe it's a maybe it's like a control thing. Maybe it's like with, with, how with, much with, black people get made. <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Because before, like the NCAA had supreme power, right? But they realized when? they couldn't fight. Uh huh. When did to, they have supreme to, power? Prior to nil, like they mm-hmm. could. They, they, they did. They, well, they could pretend that they did. Yeah. They could kind be of. like. They could be like, oh, we'll we'll suspend your whole team for getting paid under the table, and then we're like, okay, we'll put it over the table. The yeah, the so. only time that the NCAA had quote unquote supreme power was when they punished SMU, and they for did not do that for, literally for, ever again. Uh, Even though there were multiple teams of, who were like they, they doing did. the same thing, yeah. they almost did. Like they they, they never SMU to anybody, but like what they did to Penn State set Penn State back a decade. Yeah. Like, it took Penn State a really uh, long time to come back from that. Kind of. Penn State got Bill O'Brien, and he, like, did a really good job, and then after two years, they were, all, like, they were relevant again. So, I, I don't think I, it's I, I want you to look. I want you to, I want you to look back at, at Penn State's uh, 
Penn State's like success rate from like 2008 to 2017 or 2016. Like, so eight years. Whatever. Like line success rates? Just, no, no, just like their record. record. They were oh. bad. They were, not, and like when we, when we say like they were bad, like Penn State is a win 10 years, win 10 games a year team. Yeah. Um, and so like they were winning like five. And six. Six to eight. Yeah. yeah. They were below. They were definitely below. They, they were like below their yeah. standard. Yeah. Um, and, but yes. So like, I, th- I think the thing is, is that like with NIL, like I just don't see a problem that needs fixing. Like kids are getting paid by non, like the, the universities get what they want because they're not, they're still not technically employees. The kids get what they want because they're getting paid. The boosters get what they want because they're paying the kids to come to their school. Mm-hmm. And like, it feels like, do you know what would fix this is if in every NIL contract that there was a 5% uh, fee, we won't call it a kickback or an extortion, but fee to the NCAA. Like that, that's how you fix this. It's just like 5% want, of all NIL goes. They to the just NCAA. want a piece of the pie. Yeah. They just want to get their beak <laughs> wet. Like, like they just want to, they just want to taste. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, and, and, and here's the thing is that like, I think like most people would be like, Sure. fine whatever like yeah. you can have five percent of the cut that'll be our taxes to the ncaa and the ncaa can go on being a, a meaningless organization that mostly exists to put on the ncaa tournament <laughs> right like like that's mostly what they exist to do they don't yeah. govern college football's postseason so like oh that's true like they they exist as a shell corporation that puts on a gambling event every spring Wait, why? Why is that? Why? Why because, is the Why the is the college Bowl. football postseason because the Rose Bowl? Wow, because the Rose and and it's it's uh I don't remember who it was, but someone like pointed <clears> out like we all like shit on the the Rose Bowl for being like stodgy and stuck in its ways and yeah. like you know not adapting to reality. But then like someone pointed out, I don't remember who it was. Uh, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, like feel free to like tag them and credit them. Like I, I'm not trying to like steal credit here, but like. Someone pointed out that it was like the whole reason we like college football is because it's like set in its ways and regional and stupid and like makes you do things that don't make sense for reasons that don't advance anything. And that is the Rose Bowl. Like, like <laughs> why, why should Mark D'Antonio say that his favorite experience as Michigan State's head coach was going to the Rose Bowl, right? Like that doesn't make sense. It, it should be like, we went to the college football playoff got blown out, but like went to the college football playoff. We won multiple big 10 titles. You know, we beat our rival a whole bunch and we played an exhibition game against Stanford that we won. Like, why is that the thing? And it's because college football is stupid, but in a way that we all love. Um, and so like, I think like there's, there's the, the reason why the NCAA doesn't have control over the postseason is because the Roswell said, go fuck yourself. Mm. Like we're not, we're not subsuming ourselves to you. And like, and like, and like the other ones are like, would probably be willing to do it. The only one, the only other one that like, there are two other ones that like care about their shit. The cotton bowl has like its stuff. And I think the orange bowl, like, is like vaguely like we've been around since the thirties. We're not going to do what you say, whatever. But like it's the Rose bowl. The Rose bowl is the only thing that has. And like, that's why I say like the national championship should be in the Rose bowl every year. Like I, I don't care how you get there, but the rose, but the Rose Bowl on January second or January first, um, should be the national title every year. Yeah, and like, yeah, like you reverse engineer. I'm willing to start college football 
in the middle of August. If it means that like we have a playoff and it ends in on January 1st in, in Pasadena. Pasadena. Um, although, you know, that, that also sort of like runs up into my other, my other desire, which is um, I think that we should have an FA cup of college football um, in the spring every year. I think that that would be so funny because you'd get teams that would like, you know, Michigan wouldn't care. Right. Like they, they would, they would send a nothing team of like, (laughs) you know, freshmen and walk-ons and early enrollees and they would not take it seriously and whatever. But like, you know, you know that like Northern Illinois is like keeping kids (laughs) from the draft to go win this tournament. And I like, I would love that. Like you could, or like, yeah. Or like you could do like a champions league, like in the spring where like champions of all the conferences, including all of the G5 conferences, Throw them in there. It's five weeks to to play. You know, a sixteen team tournament. Yeah, and like again, like Alabama and Michigan would lose half their team because they're off to the draft or they don't want to do it or whatever. But like, yeah. you're telling me like Boise State wouldn't take that shit way too seriously? That's 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 like you want to fix for the NCAA? There you go. So much money. I can't. So I can't tell money. you. I can't tell you how much I would be so tuned in to either of those oh, tournaments yeah. if they were to happen. Yeah. Like, and sure, Be like, I, I know that I, I feel like it would be, it, it might be tough to convince the, well, no, they're not, prof- they're not pro, pro athletes. So they'll probably be down for it. At least the ones that, yeah. not the ones that are probably going pro. How about this? All the others. Yeah. How about this? All the players who play in the tournament get an NIL deal with some mega sponsor. And yeah. winner of the turn and, and every game you play in is more money. So we're not we're not rewarding performance, which is against NIL regulations. We're just paying you for days that you work. And if you happen to be playing a game on this day, you're representing the co- corporation. And then suddenly you can get like you can get a payout of like fifty thousand dollars a kid mm. for winning, you know, ten thousand dollars a game, five games, like suddenly and, and let me tell you you would make that money back espn if they paid that out would, that. that that's nothing that's yeah. nothing the, the the tv rights on this um would be astronomical but that's that's a, a separate issue um that that is my 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 goal in life is to get spring football of some sort because you, uh as a Tottenham a fan um in the spring my 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 soccer desire <laughs> sort of goes away every year <laughs> If you um, if you find a way to uh to to package this idea as a proposition to the governing bodies of the or of the NCAA, uh, it let feels me know. super easy. It feels super easy. Hey, would you like <laughs> to exploit unpaid paid labor more? It's like if so, there you go. There's an idea, and it's like and and you know like also like there's like the you know the promotion relegation of college football, which makes a ton of sense, but like. Mm. We don't have to steal that part of European soccer. We can just steal the godless money grab, which is, yeah. you know, either the FA Cup or or Champions League. Champions League yeah. uh, but and, and you could also do other stupid shit like a Europa League, like for like people <laughs> who finish third in the Big Ten. It's like, tell me you wouldn't you wouldn't love that. That would be fun. I, I think that that honestly, I think that works better in college than in the pros. Yeah. Like cause like they're like I don't see like the uh Pro NFL players would not agree to anything like that, but you can definitely do that in college. And I think you should. And like, and again, like you can, you can say like, it's like, okay, like, and and this is the way you sell it to coaches, to the major coaches. If you play in this tournament, you get an extra 10 scholarships per year. 
Yeah. Uh, me- scholarships don't matter anymore. Right. Okay. Fine. Um, you, get extra, <laughs> you, you, you get an extra 10 player slots per year, right? Like instead of your maximum now of, of whatever it is, 110 or whatever your travel squad is. Uh, oh, how about this? Your travel squad can be 10 more. Because you're playing more games, you get more, you, you get more, more, you get a higher payout from your conference. Like there are ways to sell this to people other yeah. than Northwestern, um, who will never be part of this because it's Northwestern. But um, I think, I think like that's sort of like, I, th- I think we've hit the headlines of what has happened in the last eight months. USC and UCLA, yeah. uh, the Pac-12 is going to die. Um, Notre Dame is still part of the ACC for reasons that are unclear to both Notre Dame and the ACC. I, I, I need to uh, look. I need to ask, how do y'all feel about like what's happening to the Pac-12 right now? Because like part of me is like, sucks to be you, but also part of me is like, damn, all that history. My that my, sucks. my my view is my view is very simple, and it's and it's and it's uh, informed by years of of be watching. better, be better. It's, it's yeah, you, like your view is be better. It's like sucks couldn't be me though (laughs) like it's like a nice accident of history is that the team that i support happens to be in one of the rich conferences but like i i've I've been a broke team and i've been a rich team and it's much more fun to be rich (laughs) like 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 there's like a certain element of fan across all sports who likes to pretend that they're like the fan of the little guy it's like oh i'm i'm not a fan of manchester united i'm a fan of scunthorpe and it's like cool dude how often do you win I mean Manchester United's a bad example there because they suck. But like, you know, like like you can pretend to be a fan of the little guy, but like you don't win much. Yeah. It's like and like I'm willing to be a fan of Michigan State football because A, I, it's not my choice, but B, like I get Michigan State basketball. And like we win shit all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh oh, by the way, uh dear listener, I- uh this will turn into a basketball podcast on uh December 17th. Um, which is, or December 16th, which is when Josh's Baylor Bears come to Detroit to play the Michigan State Spartans in Little Caesar Arena. Oh, that's interesting. Is Little Caesars Arena the host of um, NCAA tournament games and is Izzo trying to get uh, extra games in a place where he may have to play in the tournament? Interesting. <laughs> interesting timing there, uh, Coach. Uh, how much, how much faults do we put on Pete Carroll for this? Interesting. Ooh. Think about that. Interesting. Think about that. Because, yeah, I mean, you if, can make an argument that like USC's collapse, scandal, scandal, scandal. and collapse, um, yeah. led to a situation where the US, where where the Pac-12 is not as attractive or good anymore. Right. Yeah. That was not as interesting from a tel. That's fascinating. I mean, yeah. the, the, most of the blame goes to Larry Scott for looking at Texas and Oklahoma and being like, nah. Like there was a moment there where Texas and Oklahoma were like, "Hey, like we'll come to the Pac-12, but you got to take uh, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech." And the Pac-12 was like, "We would never take a team from Lubbock, Texas." And now you you won't. And now yep. you won't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which brings me back to like, sucks could be me though. Um, my 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 conference is. Uh, although you know, to be fair, my prediction for what happens with all of this is that. Um, the Pac-12 will exist in five years. It's just going to be the the Western Division of the Big Twelve or the Big Ten, right? Like, well, if you have eight I, teams uh, west of in, yeah. in, in I, the Pacific, like, yeah, like I think ultimately what will happen is is that 
the Big Ten will 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 bring in Cal, Stanford, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State, and then you'll just have what used to be called the Pac Eight, <laughs> and that will be the Western con like the Western division. And then in the East, you'll like, and then there'll be a central division with, which is like Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, whatever. And then we'll have an Eastern division after we assume Virginia and one of the, you know, North Carolina. As, uh, as Christopher Nolan would say, what's happened happened and time is a flat circle. Did he say that? That sounds like a not Christopher Nolan thing. That sounds like a. What's happened happened is like a big tenant thing. <laughs> um, time is a flat circle is a is a yep. um, uh, true detective thing. Um, Oppenheimer oh, yeah. though, Oppenheimer, great, yeah, great movie, great movie. Um, I I I, I like I, I do want to end on this. Like we, I, I don't give a shit. I want to talk about Oppenheimer for a second. Um, I thought it was a fascinating movie on a lot of levels. Not the least of which was that um, Christopher Nolan missed what I believe to be the proper ending of that movie. Like I think he missed it. Um, because they're, you know, like the dear listener, spoiler alert, go fuck yourself, go see the movie. Um, but at the end of the movie, when, when the prosecutor is saying like, when did you get like moral qualms? Like, when did you, when did your moral qualms start? And it was the super easy answer because like they made like a small to medium deal about the fact that he was Jewish and that he cared, like part of this was we have to stop the Nazis because it's Jews in the camps. Mm-hmm. It would have been like such like an easy moment. Like, when did you stop caring about this? And I was like, when we beat the Nazis, like yeah. I was doing this to kill Germans, not yeah. Japanese. And it would have been like a very like, and then it would have been like, you could have made like the thing about, did they think he was a communist or did they just hate him because he was Jewish? And did yeah. they associate Judaism with communism, which was a thing at the time. And, and like, it, 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 they, they referenced it a little bit, but like all of the scientists were Jews and all of the military were not. And there was a divide there and it was like, but they were communists. Well, were they communists or were they just Jewish? And it's like a whole weird thing in the middle of the 40s and 50s about like, yeah, Oppenheimer was like associated with communists, but he was also associated with a bunch of Jewish people because nobody who was non-Jewish would talk to him. And Mm. so like, that's a weirdness. And like that would, I think that that would have been like a very interesting answer to that question. Like, when did you get moral qualms? When there were no longer Jews in concentration camps. Cool. Good answer. <laughs> instead of instead of what they did, where it was like, well, what did you get moral qualms? Oh, well, I uh, like I think it's like a, a very straightforward answer. Yeah. It's like when there were yeah, answers. yeah. I mean, they they also like they 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 basically said that like he got the yips. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I don't I, I didn't read the I didn't read the book, so I don't know. Um, and I also don't know like what happened in the book, so like that maybe like what history? actually happened in the testimony. But I have no idea. I, I think the thing was is that like, and they they it's it's like the the actual history of it was that Oppenheimer was very uncomfortable being Jewish. Um, so the like, there's oh. a throwaway line in the movie where it's like, "What does the J stand for?" And he says nothing. Um, his name was Julius, which was like a very common Jewish first name in in like that time period. And he was so uncomfortable being Jewish that he didn't want to say that his name was Julius. So he that's why he went by Robert because Robert was not a necessarily Jewish name. Um, and it's a throwaway line in the movie, but it was something that he really did. And it was like a, um, like his, like his best friend, uh, Robbie, the one, you know, like the, the line in the, like the, the beginning of the movie where it's like, you don't know Yiddish. Like you're yeah. like, you're and he's yeah. like, Oh, I grew up on the other side of the park. Like that's like a, from a, like a Jewish history perspective, like that's like a very meaningful moment about who you are and what you're doing. 
And like his whole history was that like he was like very uncomfortable with who he was and the whole thing. And apparently he and Einstein had a number of interesting conversations about that. But um mm-hmm. this 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 can be a movie podcast. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna draw the line at it becoming a Jewish <laughs> history podcast because that would be for me and nobody else. Whereas everybody knows that this podcast is done for a number of reasons other than my own vanity. Mostly my vanity, but not entirely my vanity. And you know that because I tell you other people's Twitter accounts. You can find Josh at Josh Beninock. He tweets about um, Baylor shit and Chelsea shit. And uh, are we still saying the word tweet, or is it like like throw up your arms and tweet it X? (laughs) He's Des Bryanting about Chelsea. That's what he's doing. Um, (laughs) uh, From a basketball perspective, he is boxing out. Right. Like we, we, we call that like Xing out, like he's Xing right. out about uh, Chelsea. Um, I, 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 I don't know if you, you, you tweet about uh, or X out about um, boxing. Apparently there was a boxing match last night. People there was, I, I'm, I, I don't watch boxing as much or follow the boxing as much, but um, a lot of people do. Some, so. dude, some dude got knocked out, which is always fun. Um, yeah, I love you, can find, you can find Angus on, on the formula, the, the app formerly known as Twitter uh, at Nerd Angus. Um, that name is a remnant from a time when we uh, were doing ner- Nerdcast. A couple of people have actually asked me about this. Um, it'll be back when I don't have a toddler or uh, an infant. When I don't have an infant who is a month old, we will we will go back to talking about Harry Potter. Until and unless that happens, back off, please. Quick, quick I, question I, for you on Nerdcast. Yeah. Is it strictly Harry Potter or is y'all considered branching no. out? No, we we, uh, we we talk about. I mean, like strictly speaking, we just words. had a nerd cast. We just had a nerd cast ten minutes about Oppenheimer. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I, I I like I I think like the thing is is that like we wanted to do Harry Potter because Harry Potter has a number of stupid things that don't make sense. Um, like if we got into like the weeds of Game of Thrones, this would just be a Game of Thrones podcast. And like <laughs> like I can't I can't commit to that. I can't commit to like going line by line and doing a fucking close reading of a Song of Ice and Fire. Because it will make everybody hate me, including myself. Um, but so much you, discussion of food. Uh, so much discussion of food. Do you think that food is an important aspect of the world building? For example, pie. No. I think no, pie comes it's not. up. No, pie is not. Oh, Just you because there's a part. character named Hot Pie nope, does not you mean haven't, that you pie haven't gotten is there. important. You haven't gotten there. It gets important. <laughs> It gets really important. It does. You're really um, so upset at the first book. It's so bad. Uh, the first book? Fourth. 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 Yeah, fourth book sucks. Um, that's Feast, right? Yep. Yeah, Feast for Crows sucks. Um, Dance of Dragons is really good. Um, and uh, especially like as you get into like uh, the Northern Conspiracy stuff, um, there's a lot going on in the North that this show was just like looked at and was like... I don't want to get into the Manderleys. There's too much. I'm not going to do that. Um, anyways, again, not going to do this. Don't have time for it. I have an infant. Um, you can find uh, all of us on all of our tweets at TLSTDS. It's usually me. It's like 95% me, but occasionally somebody else will take it over. Usually, and, and that will happen much more often in college football season um, because uh, we're, we're going to try to have like a different person t- like live tweeting every Saturday. Like, We'll, we'll, we'll do it in interesting ways because I think uh, last year it got a little bit confusing about who was saying like, fuck Michigan or fuck Michigan State at any given time. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Air decides to put in, Bird Dogs, uh, whoever else. Um, 
we are on threads, but we're not because I never use it. And I, don't, I haven't given anybody else the password because I forgot it. Um, and nobody's on threads. So if, if threads ever like actually does become a thing, like we were there at TLS CDS, um, if blue sky ever wants to actually work, we'll, we'll go there too. Um, but for now we're on the app formerly known as Twitter. Um, please like subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local, um, Northwestern res, you know, Evanston resident. We shit on Evanston a little bit in this episode, but it is a very nice place to live. Um, and the bear is a good show, which takes place in River North, which is not near Evanston. Different places in Chicago. Um, but uh, as always, dear listener, uh, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Podcast Network.